0: Hello, friends, and welcome to this edition of The Kellen and Alex Show. This was recorded in June of 2020. We get into monuments and specifically the Unibro Serra statue that was torn down in San Francisco and this notion of destroying the past and how do we understand the past, the sins of our country, the good parts of our country, and how do we remember the good and move forward? So we get into that and much more on this edition of The Kellen and Alex Show question luigi fan Thank it's you a so question, much for the question. You
1: asking somebody you are you you know displaying your curiosity on this world through a, talking to someone else in the form of something that you don't know
0: that's right that you're and trying and to get information maybe something we could try to know why would you want to tear down monuments this is our first topic for tonight as you can see past sins current madness this is the title of the stream um you guys are probably well aware. All across the country, there's been movements to tear down monuments, tear down statues, um, and of figures that are controversial, such as Robert E. Lee, um, President. What was it, Davis? Uh, Jefferson Davis wasn't he the Confederate president? A number of Confederate yeah, statues, yeah. which has been which has been an interesting conversation, that has been going on for for years now of mm-hmm. Confederate statues in the South. But this has expanded across all states and uh just recently we had the statues in san francisco of saint unipro serra of um i think it was ulysses s grant and yep like it was grant some yep. other statue all got pulled down and it's just descended into a a uh a hatred for america and a hatred for our past
1: yeah okay so this is uh you know as in the words of Abraham Lincoln, right? A house against itself cannot, divided against itself, cannot stand, goes for the same thing with the country, a country against it, you know, divided against itself, cannot stand. Um, you know, recently in the past couple of weeks, we've seen really bad developments of this idea of tearing down the monuments. So it's a big problem because first of all, you are desecrating history of the United States, and, um, and that's something that is a, out of, you know, a lack of respect for our country, for the development of our country, for the law of our country. Uh, and, you know, one thing that really, really made me irritated was in San Francisco, of course, it's liberal of all places, there was a video gone viral of protesters. These aren't protesters, these are rioters. These people don't care. That tore down St. Serra statue. I believe it was and two now, different
0: statues. One yeah. there was one and I, I think mm-hmm. the council, the city council had already said, We don't want this statue out here because mm-hmm. he's you know, he brought Catholicism to the natives. And obviously that was the imposition of religion. And you'll hear this a lot. Like I've heard I've heard it recently with the oh well, you know, whenever a culture converts to Catholicism, it's just because the conquistadors came and converted everyone and the friars were the, the ministers that propped up the Spanish government, and they wouldn't have converted. They would have you know, stayed in their pagan native ways if it wasn't for the darn Spaniards and all that, right? So, well, yeah. So they tore down these two statues in San Francisco.
1: You know, here's the big problem, is that I take exception to this one, I think, a little bit more than the other statues, because for those that don't know uh, California's history... St. Unipero Serra came and basically evangelized California. Uh, you know, especially with the you know Native Americans that were that were here. Um, he basically evangelized the entirety of like the coast and also further into central parts of California. And um and in California, there's 10 million Catholics, and there's 40 million people. Um, and so, due to him, that's a main reason why. And literally, California, everything's
0: named after saints, wherever you go. Yep. City of Angels. Sacramento. Sacramento.
1: Sacramento. San Francisco, San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, Santa Cruz, Santa Clara, Los Angeles, the City of Angels. Yeah. Um, and they, San, those people of San Francisco, I saw a video of them just tearing it down and kicking on it and stomping on it. And let me tell you something. Those people have no respect for our country. They have no respect for the justice of our country. They have no respect for our president. They don't care about American history. They don't care about California history. They are the most, that's the most, one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen is them taking down a statue of a saint that evangelized this state. And, um, and just it, to me it's the most disgraceful thing to see people so happily tear that down and spit on it and stomp on it because you know what those people they have no idea they have no idea about our history they don't Counting, care about our history it's the enemy you
0: know the religion's yeah. the enemy right america's the enemy the whole thing it's it's the you know they've they've gone to these uc schools and been indoctrinated in marxist policies and gender politics and um all sorts of other stuff and and so who isn't you know, on the chopping block in terms of monuments? Now, you guys have probably seen, uh, and you guys in chat can let us know, of that one guy who is saying that we should take down all statues of Jesus. Have you seen this? I saw that, yeah. <laughs> I saw Jesus. Because, and he explained it because it's a symbol of white European superiority. <laughs> and then he said, he also said, and because of his mother, who's a symbol of, of uh, white imperialism or something like that, which is like, it's so hilarious. I mean, and it just goes to show, like these people have no idea who these people are because it's a destruction of the, the history. And, and here's one thing, and you, you guys in chat can let me know. I think we're seeing, and we have been seeing for years, a, a loss of, let's say, a loss of wanting to know the history of the United States and what we stand for. I mean, if you're trying to, let's say these professors and these liberal teachers, you know, have this kind of Marxist bent, have this, you know, overt, let's say, um, anti-American prejudice, like we're seeing in a lot of schools and and plenty of universities, then you're not going to teach, you know, that the fact that America is the greatest nation on earth and our, our, you know, our founding principles, you're not going to teach the good parts of our history. You're only going to focus on select few of like you're going to teach World War II but only talk about how America in turn Japanese in California or you're going to talk about um you're going to talk about the Middle Ages but you're only going to talk about the inquisition or the you know the bad parts of the crusades or something like that you're going to selectively pick history to fit your overarching overarching like um socialist narrative and then try and convince people you know uh, you're going to try and destroy the history that stands in the way of a Marxist worldview? You want to abolish the past, right? Start from the new, the new of an America free of racism and some type of utopian idea.
1: No, it's true. It's um, it's this whole idea of a lot of people, they just can't. The problem is a lot of people in this country, they can't accept the past, and that's a big problem. Um, first of all, I think it's important to... Note that we're not living in the past, we're living in the present. <clears throat> and so if you have a problem with these things, you take it to, you don't take it to, you know, tearing down monuments and morals. That's not where you go if you have a problem with our history. If you have a problem with our history, you discuss it with certain, you discuss it with people. You don't take it out on monuments. And that's number one thing that we have to address. Secondly, is that people want to completely change our society. They want to, because they're unhappy with what they have. They're unhappy with our state of government. They want to change everything. Like you said, create this dystopian society. Well, utopian, and, but yeah. You, sorry, not dystopian, utopian.
0: But they're creating uh, a dystopian while they're you know trying to make a utopia. Yeah. That's, that's kind of yeah, what happens. So you know? you make like, a dystopia it, while you're trying to create yeah. Any utopias. Anyways. Yeah,
1: it's like it's wanting to create this world where it's I want, I want, I want, I want to have this. I want it to be my way. It's my way or highway. You know what I mean? So it's like it's
0: and it's, we'll use violence and destroy the past. That's we the need
1: use violence to destroy the past. And really, I mean, we just need to we need to accept the past. I mean, we can't change it.
0: Well, there's an argument on the on the mm-hmm. other side of it. I have uh, two things from Luigi Fan. This last four years has had a lot of that, uh, you know, specifically with Trump trying to make America great again. The whole argument, and I think Luigi Fan, you're pointing it out, is America was never great. She isn't great and she won't be great until we completely refashion her in some type of Marxist, um, total egalitarian model. And I think these last four years, Trump trying to stand for, you know, compare him to Obama, compare him to what Hillary Clinton would have been, what Bill Clinton, the Democrats are trying to do. He stands for America and the Constitution and other stuff far more than these people do. So I think these last four years has kind of, um, let's say, intensified. The loathing of America. Um, Luigi fan also says dystopian is what they're going to get. Exactly. Anytime you're trying to say we're going to create a utopian society, you're going to get. Dystopian. You're not into a
1: dystopia.
0: Pardon the unrelated question, but is there a reason for the stream delay? Uh, I hope you hope you mean it's not lagging on your end. If it's lagging, let us know. Um, if there's delay between the time I see the chat, um, it's just because we're talking back and forth. Um, but we are reading chat, so. Yeah, let us know if it's lagging because I, I hope it's I hope it's not lagging for you. Um, dystopian is what they're going to get. I actually I'm fresh off of reading um, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Aldous is that his name? Huxley, Huxley is mm-hmm. his last name. I really really enjoyed it. I've I've read 1984 before, um, but one of the points in Brave New World that he brings up is um, they've created this society where everyone's perfectly happy and has basically all of their desires fulfilled, and there's this special drug called Soma. That lets that people take it and their emotions get checked. But one of the things that they've done um, to make the society where it's utopian future, where everyone's just happy, is completely destroy the past. The past doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, um, erase it.
0: Yeah, erase it. You know, there, there's a line he goes like, "There, there is no Shakespeare. There is no um, founding. There is no constitution. There is no whatever. There's just now and the future." And that's a dystopian. Like we exist as a society, largely on the memory, like the memory of who we are, like our identity as a people, what we stand for. And I think like you're seeing now, okay, I want to bring this up though, with the Confederate statues in the South, there are some legitimate arguments that I'm somewhat sympathetic to, because a lot of these statues in the South of Confederate um, people were Confederate generals, Confederate leaders, whatever else, were put up at a time when segregation was trying to be enforced more heavily, right? So you put up in the South these statues of these Confederate leaders, these old KKK leaders, these old whatever, who you could call Southern gentlemen and, you know, were were respectable in some ways. But you have to also ask, what's the intention behind putting up a monument? Monuments are there to remind the people of a certain person, of a certain idea, what they represented you don't put up monuments to evil people or you don't put up monuments for things you don't wish to remember that are irrelevant or consequential. So those were put up in a certain time where they were trying to promote the notion of, look, segregation's just because white people are superior and black people are not, and we're going to keep segregation going. So if you want to have a conversation of like this particular Confederate general in this place, like when was it put up? Why was it put up? What does this represent? Why are we putting this here? That's reasonable to some degree. At least there's a conversation about that. I still think more often than not, they're fine. It just depends on the context of when it was put up and why it's put up. If it's like General Lee, there's a lot more that he was not associated with. And maybe you could make some arguments. I don't know. But it depends on the context of who the person is.
1: Now, with regards to everything else,
0: it's like a lot of these people just stand for like Ulysses S. Grant. You're really going to want to take down a statue of him.
1: Who, by the way, did a lot for black people.
0: Yeah, and he was a president and he was trying to make the transition into, you know, sharecropping and freedom and whatever else in the South as good as possible. Um. Oh, Luigi <laughs> fan says, I put a message in and it takes almost a minute for it to appear on screen. Yeah, that's just the stream delay. So uh, it goes through our software and then it goes up. Uh, but when it does appear on stream, then I get to see it and I, I am watching chat. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, so
2: erasing the past, erasing history, erasing um yeah. What we're seeing with these monuments, I
0: think um I think it's a reflection also that the like American youth are not being educated about their past.
1: And no, that's yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty much what it comes down to. I mean, the, the people first of all, I think the education system like we had our friend Ace on the last podcast who commented in the chat, um, he was bas- basically telling us, you know, in California Common Core, it's been distorting our our view of history. It's been, you know, lying to us. It's just put all. Yeah, yeah. Sorts tell, of-
0: tell us about what he said with with California Common Core, like so. I didn't Core- go through the early parts. I was just in the later parts of California education. A I, I sophomore through yeah. senior.
1: So Common Core was this thing, I think, put forth by Obama uh, and his administration to put a more liberal twist on basically our, our education in every, in every um, subject throughout when he was president. Uh, I believe it really is kind of, really when you see it is in like the grades from like starting in high school, I believe. Um, and so basically, it, it was, started even earlier with Bush. Well, right? It was earlier, but you didn't really start to get a sense of it until you were like more mature and in high school, you know what I mean? As compared to like middle school. Um, but it was this attempt to put a more liberal thought on education, especially in history. It would change standards, I believe. Uh, and so, it was something that was enforced on us. We had no choice, obviously. Yeah, um,
0: and it was a nationwide yeah. effort, right? And I believe yeah. it started under Bush that they wanted to. Uh, and you guys in chat, we got six viewers. You guys are awesome. Let us know your experience with Common Core, um, because this got implemented, and I, I believe it was in response to like test scores around the world. People were, you know, saying, "Oh, look how far behind the U.S. is," right? And there was this push to have a like a Federalization, um like a universal nationwide common core, where everyone's like at a certain level, and lots and lots of standardized tests, right?
1: Yeah, no, lots, lots of standardized tests, like SAT or SAT, ACT, yeah, SAT, the ACT,
2: and
0: even statewide uh, tests. Like we would have like Tennessee yeah. State test <laughs> on math, mm-hmm. on history, on whatever
1: a, else. Like, right? It was called like a STAR test or something. Mm-hmm. I think we just had a lot of, we had a lot more tests kind of just, I remember one test we had was uh, basically testing the, how do you say this? Like the intelligence of a high school. Um, And basically your high school would be given a number from one to five, I believe. And one being the lowest high, being the highest of the. I don't know how you say this, like the intelligence level of the school. You know, what I mean? how, like, I don't know how you, I don't know how you. Say I'm that. sure you
0: raised it a whole percent, <laughs> Kellen. While you were oh, there,
1: I, I probably, hopefully, <laughs> raised it a little bit. And um, everyone
0: in chat who's not watching Kellen and Alex show, you guys all definitely raised your. But it's it's so interesting how like education and test and whatever it became. And and this is a general trend is with STEM. You know, like science, technology, engineering, math. Everyone's pushing it. But like we go to we went to a liberal arts school, right? And the idea is it's not based on like we don't have just a bunch of standardized tests, like in a science program. It's like the difference between nursing and philosophy at Franciscan. And most of our are, are Franciscan. Big you know, difference people. there. Any, any nursing majors? <laughs> uh, I believe Luigi fan, right? Yeah, no, or maybe Luigi fan's brother. Um, nursing major, but. Like in those type of fields, there's, you know, in science, tech, whatever, you're given a set of data and then you, you know, think about it, regurgitate it, put it on a test and you can like test for that type of stuff. But like philosophy, even history to a certain degree, um, literature, other things require interpretation, require a a different type of thinking. And with this, let's say this uh, centralization and this nationalization of education, the idea was, let's just get tests and get a lot of people interested in math and interested in science so they can be really productive at doing that. But you, you couple that with these people who have these national agendas to indoctrinate people with liberal stuff, with Marxist stuff that infiltrate this. So you have a decline in, let's say, critical, philosophical, liberal arts type, type thinking. You have an increase of more robotic mechanical type thinking of science, math, whatever. And I'm not saying it's completely mechanical. True science is you're involving all, all of you know your intellectual capacities, but you have a lot more rote memory type stuff. Because you test for like rote memory, memorization mm-hmm. and effort. That's really what it comes down to with these standardized tests. Yeah. You have decrease of mm-hmm. critical thinking, increase of mechanical thinking, and then seeping through all of this is a lot of liberal propaganda and uh marxist thought assumptions about america um stuff that just seeps through the cracks and um and, and i think we're seeing a lot of those effects with our generation of people and you know a little bit older and even younger uh today in america
1: no it's true it's it's an agenda put forth by the left and um i mean that's basically as simple as you can put it and There's, like you said, stuff in between like propaganda and all sorts of just this globalist, this thing we're talking about, this globalist stuff that just they can easily insert into an educational system. Uh, And so this thought, like you said, this Marxist thought, this thought of controlling people, uh, indoctrinating is all a big agenda put forth in Common Core. Um, I mean, think about it. Why would they change? Why would they change to common core? Why change the system that we, that we had before it was, it was working fine. It was good. Why change it to common core? What's the point of that? There's gotta be some sort of motive behind it. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, the motive was to be like, we're up to date with all the, you know, engineering that's coming out of Germany and all the, you know, technologically advanced stuff coming out of Japan or these other countries or Sweden or whatever. And and it's, I think you, right. Educate, there's different educational philosophies, right how do you
2: educate people
0: Oh thank you for the follow Luigi fan oh hosting my stream with one viewers dope thank you Luigi fan um, if you're not following the Hingestringer show drop us a follow uh, your name will appear on screen it's pretty epic well, there's different educational philosophies with regards to you know, and when you switch from a more localized, we're trying to form the human person and develop your ability to think, and you you switch that to let's make you really good at doing math and really good at doing science, so you can end up in a you know a lab or be a lawyer or do whatever. It's it um, and it makes it it makes it much more easy to indoctrinate people with very crazy ideologies.
1: No, it's so easy to... If you can't
0: really think for yourself, then you're just going to like, oh, okay, well, the more compassionate thing is, you know, uh, taking on the oppressive system of uh, the white hegemony and male patriarchy and, like, all this stuff, when you start, like, analyzing it and thinking about it critically, you're like, it's total (laughs) bullcrap. But what at the time, (laughs) you're just like oh, wow, you know, there is, I, I'm, whoa, I'm white. A lot of people I see on TV are white. Like there must be a white, there must be a white hegemony. And, and like, it must be systemically racist. And, and then when you start analyzing it, it's like, okay, well, we're in the constitution. Okay. It doesn't. Okay. Well, we've been doing laws. Obviously there's still racism among people and there's whatever else, but out of all the countries on the planet, in terms of ability, um, enshrined in law. And I understand there's excesses and we, we covered the George Floyd incident. We, you know, went through, um, the video. I mean, we spent 20 minutes watching the video. It was eight minute video. And we went back time and time. We we're like, this is terrible. This is whatever. I mean, the jury is still out if it was just racially, or he just really wanted to kill George Floyd, the man, or if it was because he was black or whatever else. Um, we went through it, obviously, racism still exists, but to try and take the American system, constitution, everything we stand for, American history, past, present, future, and say all of that is evil, let's flip it on its head and substitute it for some type of marxist utopian ideology is just so uh it's so childish that it had to come out of a university
1: <laughs> yeah I know it's it's just it it's so like i said it's so easy to become to. F- follow that. It's so easy to follow that because look, a lot of people in society, we don't really think about a lot of the times we don't really think about the major changes that come either in our educational system or the medical system. We don't really think about those big changes because a lot of the times they just don't make that much difference to us. But if we really, you know, decompress it and we look down on it, it all has a hidden agenda to twist the thinking of the average individual in our country through an educational system that you have to follow. You cannot not follow If I mean, I don't know about homeschool. I don't know any of that, but public high school, uh, definitely not Catholic high school because I think Catholic high school, they have their own. Yeah. Brother think, Catholic well, high it, school is
0: almost okay. just as bad in many, okay. many occasions.
1: It there's, Okay, it depends on where you go, I think. That, that's
0: true. Um, I mean, there's there's some good Catholic schools, but you're going to find a lot of them who basically say the same stuff as you know the public school uh, with regards yeah, to a lot of stuff. And that's true. Uh,
1: you know, you start speaking about the Trinity for five minutes, and then you get going into heresy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, have you, heard about or you don't even like uh,
0: bother. Oh, really? What, what yeah, do you have? A, certain-
1: a, f- a fellow priest, a friend of ours says, you start... You know preaching about the trinity and then after five minutes of preaching it you're getting into heresy because <laughs> there's just so it's much tough. to it it's but. really
0: tough maybe we should do it um, hey, guys guys let us know if we should do a podcast on the trinity i know we've been talking <laughs> politics and policy but it's just been it's been on years, the mind man
1: 300 years it took to form the trinity right
0: i i could go we could do six hours on the trinity brother i, <laughs> I don't um, don't get me on theology but, don't get me on theology we got a few things from luigi fan he says i am the only one of my family at FUS. Uh he says you're welcome. That's an extra thirty people who may tune in. If you're watching this hosted, epic, watch it on Hingis Tringis channel so you can uh so you can type us in chat. Thanks for joining us. Luigi Fan also says I can back that up. My brothers went to Catholic school two years ago and it was just as bad as public. And and Luigi <laughs> Fan, I think you're I think it fair enough. Um Cathedral Catholic, which is here in San Diego, it's like preppy beyond it's it's really like nice area. It's over in Del Mar, money money. <laughs> But I mean, the, the indoctrination that comes out of there. And then likewise, University of San Diego, which is run by the, uh, the archdiocese or starting the arch our, our diocese Catholic by Diego. name, dude, it's, I mean, if they even call it Catholic, it's a disgrace, it's, it's dude, just so a disgrace what, all around. And
1: what about, what about University of San Diego that makes it that just what, oh, when they did it had, go off the deep end. When did it go off the deep end and what? see. What I don't know. Really I don't know enough about that. This? See, I don't what, know. What, like what prompted it. What's it like now?
0: Just as bad as it's always been. I mean, no one wants to stand up. Here's the difficulty: if you're going to stand up for anything in this day and age, you're going to you're going to get lambasted, you're going to get shut down, you're going to get fired, you're going to get destroyed. I mean, we can shoot from the hip and talk crap all we want because we're you know hanging out on Twitch and we have like four viewers. But if we had like ten thousand viewers or something like that, and we're saying the stuff we're doing now, guys, I would very much enjoy ten thousand viewers. You know, if you want to call up. All thousand of your friends, all your buddies, call call up all thousand of your friends. You know your Facebook friends, but I mean, it's just such a weird time we live in that. And, and I was talking about this with my my dad the other day. Like the fact that corporations have hopped on the boat of cancel culture, I think, is one. And we've seen this for a while now. But like guys getting fired for just random stuff. Like you remember when Kevin Hart wasn't allowed to go to the Oscars because he said some homophobic tweet like a while back ago. Um, the fact that that announcer, the Sacramento Kings announcer, got fired for saying he he didn't even tweet anything but "All Lives Matter" and he got fired, and and this is the part of not only are destroying the past, what we're seeing with these people who want to destroy the past, they want to crush with social violence the dissenters in the present, yeah, and shame them and publicly. I mean, we're seeing a. I mean, we're seeing the same playbook that leftists have used throughout time of destroying the past, trying to shame and humiliate and destroy the dissenters of the present, and then, you know, disseminate a really stupid propaganda to overturn in a revolutionary way the systems that are present for some type of utopia. I mean, it's the same playbook that was in ca- that was the case in China, right? Anyone, and it was mostly, this is the thing that I think we're seeing now is this generational gap. And people have been talking about it. The fact that people our age are the ones leading the charge of social justice, the ones leading the charge of overturning America and destroying monuments and, you know, um, hurting police and whatever else. And then... The older generation being like silent and not saying anything and not standing up and you know it's a failure to pass on the traditions that we love and hold here in America
1: yeah and you know that that comes okay so right it is a failure of passing down the tradition, and that's a big problem because if we can't establish a society where we value what we value you know we value our You know, our government, our families, our culture, if we can't set up people to value that, then how is the upcoming generation going to even care about it? You know what I mean? Like, that's something that we're seeing now is that there are so many people that just, through pure hatred in their heart, are tearing down these monuments. It's not even like they understand. They don't even understand what our culture is. They don't understand what what we've gone through in our past and our history. Like, they don't care. And... That is a result of the lack of education of our generations in our country. That's what it comes down to: that people don't get it. You know what I mean?
0: It doesn't we, make sense. Somebody to me. roasted us in chat just a second ago. A Luigi fan said, "Get a show on Fox News, Tucker Carlson tonight, and Hannity is basically this." You know what, Luigi fan? You're gonna sit there and call. Look, here's how we are distinguished from them: our population of viewership uh is not 85 and older and uh no but, but i mean they're also it's,
1: students though we're students though these are those are adults no, doing that stuff on fox
0: let me let me provide my unfiltered criticism of this whole conservative you know the whole conservative talking points the polemics so like guys like ben shapiro michael knowles um even rasha limbaugh the fox news people conservatives whatever And I, I've said this before and for, for you guys in chat, maybe you can clip this, you can send it to him, send it to, uh, Tucker Carlson. (laughs) But my whole critique of them is whatever position they're holding on now is just going to be, is the liberal position was the liberal position from like five or 10 years ago. And they just shift. It's just an ever shifting scale. I mean, like Obama ran under, uh, you know, opposing gay marriage and try and find somebody who opposes gay marriage today that isn't, you know, totally removed from media. Uh likewise, their their views, the conservative movement's more doomed to fail than the liberal in so many different ways because the conservative one just basically says, don't go too far, and then they wait and then they go as far as they're accusing later on. And so I don't really see much hope. And and there's a, you know, such an air of negativity and an air of um pretentiousness that goes along with it that i'm not i'm in no way um see you have to take a stance sometime and be like okay i support trump and i'm opposed to hillary or i support what the uh the patriot you know i support the constitution i support these things but like as a catholic and as you know philosopher whatever i understand this is not the ideal by any stretch of the imagination right? I have True. deep and heavy criticisms and perhaps some of you uh, were in attendance at the capitalism debate of capitalistic systems in general of the fact that the church has acceded to the west um that the fact that the church isn't standing up for what a catholic society could be that you know we're seeing a parroting of whatever the the democrats say apparently the USCCB and Pope Francis are totally on board with free immigration open borders um, just uh, climate change, all sorts of stuff. It's uh, it's an unfortunate circumstance we find ourselves in, that you know, even the idea of reconstituting a Catholic society has been so destroyed that Catholics just have to say, okay, I'm a Republican or I'm a conservative or whatever. But we have to exist in the world. We have to, you know, or unless you want to be a monk, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Maybe we, Kellen, we should uh, do our. Do our show from some monastic cell in the middle of France? Hey,
1: you know, there's a monastic place up here. You know, about an hour and a half away from me. And so, if you want to, you know, take a drive up, we could do it from there and know, get dope. some advice from all those uh, friars. Luigi those fan says, months. "Change
0: has to start somewhere. You start mm-hmm. small and then grow into a network show." <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you
0: go. <laughs> Just like guys, that. this. I we had to reveal it to you sometime, but we're just on our path to Fox News. All right, we're just gonna (laughs) skip Twitch, we're going up. Spotify is gonna make a deal with us at some point for millions of dollars, Uh, and then we're just gonna get you know totally syndicated on Fox (laughs) News. You guys just wait. Um, hey,
2: anyways, yeah, yeah, back to it. There's
1: no look in our world today, there's no perfect society, and I don't think that we're ever gonna be able to implement a perfect society. And you know, it's a shame, but look. There are better societies than worse societies. You know what I mean? Like Trump and what he's you know put into the White House with everything that he's done, that's definitely a better society uh, than what Obama did, which is absolutely nothing for this country. And, you know, people can say all they want. Oh, Trump is the reason for all this rioting and looting and all this hate and everything. Well, first of all, it's not Trump's fault. Um, he's just in the man standing in the way for the truth. And he's trying to stop all that garbage. Did You see that photo of those, uh, speaking of Abraham Lincoln, did you see the photo of, uh, all those just guards in front of the Lincoln Memorial? No, there was like I didn't. Two, there was like 200 of them. It was such an awesome photo. There was like 200 of them just, you know, in front of the Memorial with their weapons in their hands saying, don't get any closer. Is the Lincoln Memorial, and it was really cool. And you know, I'm really sad though that there isn't more protection for them for the monuments. I feel like there isn't that much protection at all. I mean, I think I mean, taking down the Saint Uniparo Serra one that was to me a big, big blow.
0: The tragedy that was, and no
1: one stood in their uh, way. It's tragic, nobody stood in their way. You know what? It's well, you know, it's San Francisco we all know what San Francisco is like, beautiful city, perhaps one of the prettiest in the U S but the politics there are no good. And there's no, there's no perfect society. There's no way that we can implement right. a perfect society. It's never going to work, but we can do our best to make society better than it currently is. You know what I mean? And, you know, speaking of Catholicism submitting to the West, you know, it's the Catholic church has, you know, I asked my mom one time, I said, I, I was ignorant and I was younger and I didn't know. And I said, Mom, the Catholic church probably doesn't have that much uh, opinion on things like immigration and all sorts of, you know, economics. And obviously I was clearly wrong. I didn't even know what I was talking about. Um, and she said, oh, you know, uh, you that's if that's what you think, then. But she said, you know, that's not right. Catholic Church has thoughts on everything. And (laughs) even Pope Pope Francis said, you know, we should build bridges, not walls. And, okay, so we want to have humanity work together and come to peace. But we have to look in more realistic terms. If we build a wall, then that's going to keep the drugs out from coming over the border, at least give it a better shot. Um, And so you have this Catholic view and you have this conservative view, I guess, uh, you know, conflicting in our American society. And that's what happens a lot of the time. But we can't implement a perfect society. But I feel like we can do a lot better job now than we have been doing in the past 50 years. You know what I mean?
0: All right. So let's talk Catholic society. Let's talk a little bit about like how that comes about. I'm still... Luigi fan's accusation. This is just Tucker Carlson tonight. Has uh has been ringing to me. You know, we did a Saint Therese podcast, Just Theology, a while back ago. Maybe we'll go back to it at some point. But um, I mean, one of the main things we have to remember is the distinction of the fact that, well, let's let's take the first fact of original sin. That man has fallen, and that our desires are are evil, have been corrupted. Right, not that we can't do anything good, but that. You know humanity tends to desire sin, desire whatever else. the American system has said we're going to um try and keep away those um the evil effects of those evil desires by a kind of social contract and through the Constitution and through law, and then we're gonna tell everyone just pursue what you desire, but don't do anything illegal right and and common interest will make you help one another and pursue your goods and whatever else. Now, there's massive flaws, obviously, in that system because man has fallen, right? And like you're saying, there's no, there's no means to solve that. And so what, what, what ends up happening is you try and find the best system to, let's say, lessen the negative consequences of original sin and like man's evil will. However, Christ and through the church has given a, a, an, a, a means to actually living the Christian life and actually living a holy life, which is grace. And the grace is given through the sacraments, right? And so true Catholic societies are living in sacramental grace that allows them to do the good that they're commanded to do by the moral law, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's not that you don't need laws, like laws, laws, and you don't, not that you don't need government. It's not like we're, we're advocating for some type of Christian anarchy. Those things are still necessary because... You can still do evil things, but grace makes it possible to live a holy life, and it makes it possible to do the moral law, right? If you really believe grace works and that the sacraments work, the church can lead you towards bringing the kingdom of heaven on earth. Now, that will never be perfected on earth. That will only be perfected in heaven, but the church gives you those means. And so what the difficulty is, is if you stop believing in grace and you stop believing that the sacraments have a real effect on your life and have a real effect on society, then you're just going to look to the state or you're going to look to a better form of law or whatever else to bring about the better society that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. It seems like Catholics just like, if we really took seriously the graces that are given through matrimony, the graces that are given through baptism, the graces that are given through the Eucharist and living a life in grace with God, then we as Catholics would be a force that can convert an entire nation. And it's, it's happened many times before you look at the early Christians, they converted the entire Roman empire because they were working with grace, living holy lives and witnessing unto death, unto martyrdom. And they eventually won the whole kingdom.
2: Yeah,
0: And it was through God's help. That's how you bring a Catholic society Back. It's just people have stopped believing
1: in that. You know, it's people have, you know, people have stopped believing in endurance and perseverance. People have stopped believing in that because they see all these setbacks in our modern world, all these bad things that we have trouble um, adhering back to our beliefs. And so basically, what happens is, is that people see all these bad things happening. You know, they see all the rioting and looting, they see all the hatred, they see all the racism, they see everything like that. And that takes their mind away from focusing on the good things in society, society. because if you want to make society a better place and you want to, you know, as a Catholic, bring in these ideas that we value into society, then you have to be all in. You have to pursue this perseverance. You have to pursue this endurance. You have to work hard. And you have, if you believe in it, then you have to implement it. Like, you know, it's, it's your duty. It's our duty as Catholics to evangelize this world. But we can't do that without our sense of perseverance and endurance. We, we need that. You know, we struggle all the time because we're human. We break down. We fall. Like, it's natural for us. But that, didn't, that shouldn't be an excuse for us to not persevere and to be enduring in these hard times.
2: Guys,
0: we are taking in chat. Do you think a Catholic society is possible even today in our modern age? Um, is it possible to return to that um, that existence, uh, that plane of existence? But we we had. I'm, I'm remembering a charge levied against us by the great Mister Nick Larkins um, when he came on the podcast. This is a while back ago. This was fall 2019. Is that right? I think it was Which, last fall. By the fall, way, right? guys,
1: check out check out the recent Kellen Alex show podcast. I mean, they they're insane. They're great. <laughs> but you guys got to check us out more. You know, invite your friends. Tell them about it. Like you guys are gaining so much good knowledge here. Like it's it's important, very important. You got a philosopher here and a communicator here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> basically, so. Nick levied against us that uh, this was when I was like heavy involved in the you know church scandals, the you know all the stuff. Like he he basically said like why you know I don't need to know all this stuff. I need to just know you know, how, you know, I need to know the ideals, basically. Like, I can stay away from trying to get in all, do I need to know that, you know, this particular girl was abducted by the Vatican Bank in 1985, which, by the way, is a crazy story, or that Archbishop Vigano revealed all these things against Cardinal McCarrick, or do I need to know that Pope Francis may have been elected, and by conspiracy before in Sancti Gallen, in, you know, his early years that they these liberal cardinals all agreed to do that. Do I need to know all that? And in one sense, it's like no. <laughs> and in another <laughs> sense, it's um. And I think I'll I'll put this the same with what we've been talking about and discussing on these past few podcasts. I know they've kind of taken a political turn or a, you know coronavirus term. We talked about it for so many times. Um, one of the things with this this whole situation we're seeing now, coming up into election year, I think this is the first time I'm really taking seriously, you know where is america right now what what is the state that america is really in and and i think it's it's just trying to be open to just seeing what's going on right there's benefit in in kind of stepping away and i've met people like dr plato's this way does not watch the news nick larkin's does not watch the news not get into it um and you you got to be careful cuz it can it can become an obsession a lot of people you know talk about nothing but the news and what's going on everything's news but i'm just trying to take it as my education and who America is now? Because I get the America of the past in some degree. There's a lot of gaps that I have in America in the past that I need to fill in. I'm trying to fill in. Um, but like, where are we right now? Like, where is the America? Like, my my world of America is pretty small. It's where I've lived in San Diego, it's where I've lived in, in Tennessee, it's where I've been in school up in Ohio. Um, like what is America like? We're seeing, like, can I trust the media? What they're what they're telling me about monuments being torn down, about coronavirus, about whatever else. Like, what can I trust? What can I trust? Um, I'm just, this is part of a process of like understanding where is America right now for the purpose of how do we as the church and we as trying to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, we have to understand who we're addressing here. I mean, we're part of the, the subject that we're trying to understand as well.
1: Well, we are. But, you know, the thing is, is like America right now is probably, if not the most divided it's ever been. I mean, besides maybe, you know, the Civil War and everything, our country might be in the most divided part that it's the most divided era that it's ever been in. Um, And so when we talk about the concept of trust, we have to look at who can we trust because I said in the previous podcast, I have a liberal friend that told me Trump has it's since Trump has been in office, the employment rate, the unemployment rate has been at the lowest it's ever been. Right. Uh, a, a liberal told me that it was the highest that it's ever been, and then a conservative told me, a conservative told me that it's the lowest that it's ever been. So the question is. There's obvious, obviously somebody's lying here. First of all, the problem is, is that America, a lot of Americans don't trust the media. And for that, I'm happy. I'm happy that they don't trust them because a lot of a lot of the media is just lies, mm-hmm. liberal lies. And so who do you trust? Who can, who can, I mean, just on a basic level, a logical level, if somebody says one thing and somebody says the other and they're complete polar opposites, who do you trust? And this is this is just crazy. This is where we have to do our research because you may not know a lot about the civil war. You may not know a lot about you know anything in that era. But you know, basically we had two countries
2: in one continent. Um, and now you know the union is unified, but the people in this country have,
1: first of all, it's just, it's been, how do you say this? Like a downward spiral of just disastrous events for the past two months. And it's almost looking like it's as bad as in the 1860s. You know what I mean? And when the civil war was just ravaging this country, it seems like that level of hurt and that level of disaster is right now in this country. I mean, I don't know the last time we saw something like the coronavirus just ravaging through our country or, you know, the rioting, all those things like that. I don't know if we've seen all that come together in that amount of force and that quantity in a very long time.
0: We could be seeing it again, especially if these officers um, who have all been indicted don't get let's say, the full extent of justice that people think they should. We could be seeing riots, I mean, affecting literally everywhere. I mean, we had literally everywhere having protests and rallies and whatever else. We had some places that were, like, extremely on the uh protest side. But yeah, if these guys get acquitted...
1: It's bad. Derek <laughs> Chauvin there's gonna acquitted. Be, but I tell you what, they're not going to get acquitted. There's no way they're going to get acquitted.
0: Well, I mean, you have to, like, all this I mean there's so much that's going to go into this, and there, you know it depends on who you get for the jury and and um it's going to be very interesting it's going to be very interesting. I think it we're going to take a, a quick break we're going to be right back with the second part of the segment. And I think we'll get into Luigi fans' been on me on about it, but uh, I think we should get into a little bit of theology. Yeah, I like it all right, we'll be right, right back, guys. do not go anywhere, and we are back, shortest break in broadcasting history. Let's talk some theology, brother. Ooh, I got a cheers. Cheers to you we, as well. I mean,
1: uh, cheers, brother. All right. So, cheers to a conservative America and down with the liberal movement.
0: <laughs> well, cheers to that. And then ultimately, a replacing with, you know, a Catholic society would be great. Or, you know, <laughs> and, and how much can you, let's say, okay, so Catholic society. Um, what, what would you say the closest we've achieved to like, or let's say, the highest we've achieved of what a Catholic society looks like? You had to point to a particular place, time, time period, whatever. You know, most people point high Middle Ages. Maybe I, you guys in chat can can let us know.
1: It's hard to say. Um, like overall, in the in the world or in the United States.
2: Uh no, world, like
0: world history. In the world? I don't know if in US we've really
1: It's always been a Protestant nation, but Right. Um in the world, <laughs> I'm not really sure. I guess the high Middle Ages. I'm not really yeah. sure. I don't really probably, know. Probably
0: yeah, probably around then. When like would, Europe was you know it was called Christendom. Yeah. It was Christ's kingdom. Yeah. Um it's interesting. So there's a uh <laughs> Dr. Jones, uh Franciscan, he puts forward the thesis that basically before World War II, you had Catholics in America who were, let's say, Catholic by, you know, where they came from. You had Italian Catholics, you had Irish Catholics, you had Polish Catholics, right? Uh, some German Catholics as well. And because a lot of their people kind of remain in the same area, Irish and um Italians in New York and New England and whatever, and you know, the German Catholics. <clears throat> In the Midwest, um, you had Catholics out in California. Whatever else um, they were, it was because it, you know it was kind of an ethnic. Um, you're, you're Catholic; it's part of who you are as your people. It wasn't like you know the, the British Americans weren't like all converting to Catholicism. They kind of stayed what they were. And then when you have World War II come around, you have this whole movement in the United States. Everyone has to rally together to fight Nazis, fight the Japanese, who are these evil. Atheistic regimes. You know, regimes, right? And so everyone rallies around America and patriotism and all these other type of stuffs. Uh and, and the propaganda is like we're the godly people of America fighting the atheist regimes of the Nazis, who are a bunch of you know, evil, non-god, non-church going, empire-building, fascist, and same with the Japanese. And so you had Uh, mass attendance for Catholics, church attendance in general, skyrocket, everything went up because everyone, there was a a kind of general religious sentiment that was going around. Well, okay. America sends all of, you know, her young people to fight the war in, in Europe and fight the war in Japan and in the uh, Pacific. And, um, you know, you have Italian Catholics, you have Irish Catholics, you have Polish Catholics, uh, Polish American, all these Italian American Catholics, um, Fighting alongside, you know, um, Protestant, uh, I'm sorry, Protestant, Protestant Americans, (laughs) you know, other all all different types of religions, whatever else. And um, we were all just Americans. Right. And, And that was the big thing is we're all just Americans. We beat the evil and we come back and then you see the numbers in the 50s like everyone went to church right it was kind of just generally accepted everyone goes to church and you don't really focus on the differences you go to your church you go to your church right uh jones points out in his book um an intro- introduction to uh church history that you know like if you look at like sitcoms like leave it to beaver or something like that in the 50s there was a general just like men go to church right and, and the whole family goes to church and but you don't really talk about like Christ in a personal way or the demands of church or whatever you just kind of talk about a generic god and we're just a godly people of America right so as the you know need for having god for patriotic reasons and for propaganda reasons you know went to the peak 50s whatever everyone was entering seminary there was huge religious sentiment that just generally started to fade over the years, right? You get into the 60s and 70s, we're still fighting like the godless enemy of the communist. But you know, over time, the communists become less and less of a threat up into the 80s. And you kind of see, you see a downward trend for all of Christians in America in terms of attendance, in terms of number of people, in terms of young people entering seminaries, whatever else. And it just continues to kind of slope off. If you look at the 20s and 30s, like it was pretty low already. It was like You know, it was already starting to dip. Late 1800s, early 1900s, the West losing faith. And then you had this, like, artificial rise because of patriotism and whatever else, and then just went back down. And um, it's been going down for a long time. And church attendance has just been going down. And that's, you know, that's where we've kind of come. And he makes that point to say, we shouldn't look back to the 50s as being some time of, like, true you know catholic society it was just kind of a everyone's up because everyone wants to be religious at this point in time because it's the patriotic good thing to do is go to church
1: yeah um i went to confession today and after uh, after my confession i was talking to my priest and uh he said that and he went to franciscan for his undergrad and he was in the pdp And um, he said, the PDP was one of the greatest times of my life, being there with all these holy men at Franciscan. But when I got to the seminary, the fire was just lost. It didn't seem like it was there. And, you know, when we talk about America going on this kind of downward slope of really our faith and our trust in God and and just Jesus Christ, It's true because it's unfortunate, but it's true because of all these forces moving in society that are able to persuade a human being. Um, Obviously, a country goes through trying times and it's through those trying times that we really get to see who we are. And this country in the past year has suffered uh, in in many ways, Um, not due to Trump. Trump's been there, you know, trying to solve it. But because of, let's say, technological advancements, uh, you know, just our, we could, you know, even say our education system, all these forces in society have the ability to change, like, the vibe of our society, like our patriotism, our nationalism, our sense of nationalism. There's so many forces at work that were the underdogs. And really we should be the favored ones. And we've been, work, we've been trying to get back to that mindset of the American, uh, you know, just the American dream. We still have it. But the problem is, is that we have to deal with so many things these days have satanic stuff, you know, all sorts of different things, evil things in society. We the problem is we have to, we don't have a proper education system that can adequately educate us to deal with problems in society. We don't really have that perfect system, and that's bad because that is our source of just gaining intelligence. About what we have to do in our country, and so the problem is, is that we don't we lack a proper education system, and therefore we don't have the tools to turn into the favored one against all these evil regimes in society. It ha- like you you've been saying, it has the ability to take down a society. It has the ability to take down the just. The actions of people in our in our country i mean you were talking about this guy that said he thinks we should take down all statues of jesus in this country because it's a form of white supremacy (laughs) which is which is hilarious but think about that it's do you think somebody would have said that in this country a hundred years ago think about think about it in this way roe versus wade right lady gets mad she wants an abortion okay the country wouldn't even wouldn't have even considered that 10 20 years prior to that right before that they would not have considered that abortion they would not have even thought about well, that's not right we're not going to we're not going to kill a baby and now we look 80 years forward or how many year, ever years it is and that's a common occurrence all these evil things in society are a common occurrence. When did that happen? When did that shift come? Yep. It came, it came because of the evil one and for the ability to corrupt members in society. And that is, and that is perpetrated through lies in the media. It's perpetrated through false promises that our previous president gave us. And it has corrupted society. It's, it it's such a um, interesting thing to look at is how society can change. It's kind and of it's it, the it,
0: entropy of human nature. It's the yeah the the movement of um yeah of sin and of decay and um
1: decay is the word there. It's like it it's a slow so this obviously is, this is
0: where yeah. most people take um so take Vatican II for example, right? The how the church responded to the modern world take the document Gaudium et Spes which we I think we've discussed before it's called the Church in the Modern World and it has such a positive regard for the nations for all different types of religion such a positive regard for man and mankind and I mean it's it sounds you know it was written in the 60s it very much sounds like some type of very unifying global type you know everyone's good and happy and whatever but then it makes you wonder, okay, well, what is the purpose of the church? What is the purpose of Christ coming and dying on the cross and giving us his grace? Is it just to tell everyone they're fine as they are, right? What's the need for salvation? You're saying that man is his own instrument of salvation, right? Then you're saying he can achieve some type of utopian dream by his own efforts, right? And you're, you're completely denying the, the, you know, God's role in the whole wheel of providence right you're, you're saying that down
1: it comes down to w-e-a-k-n-e-s-s
0: that's right human weakness is like we have to the church has just had such this positive when i'm saying the church i'm using shorthand for hierarchy and councils and the way that the church now views the modern world is it's basically good humanity is basically good right and when you start with that assumption that humanity is basically good, then the church just kind of steps out of the way, right? Religion—it's all just equal. It's—it's it's for your own self-help. But ultimately, you're good as you are. Don't be mad. Don't be evil. Don't be whatever. Just do what you do. You're totally fine. And um, and then like the church loses her reason for existing. <laughs> if you if you start taking that that stance, the church exists to save souls. Now you can't be saved if there's nothing to be saved from, and you're 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 already saved, right? There's so what are we being saved from? Is the sin and damnation that we inherit through Adam, right? Through being a son of, of Adam and a daughter a daughter of Eve, we inherit original sin, and are not on a path to heaven, or on a path to hell, right? We have to be saved from that evil path, and that's the the church's role that Christ gave her is to save souls. So no amount of Trump or conservative movements or whatever else will ever save souls. <laughs> Neither will America and her prosperity save souls. That's the mission of the church, the mission of Christ. And further, in saving souls, you can live a holy life here on earth before you, you know, enter into heaven. After you're justified through faith, then you have to live the life of grace here on earth, and you're going to bring Christ's kingdom on earth. We have to reclaim that vision. That vision just doesn't have just general positive regard for humanity that it has a healthy vision of like humanity sucks and is fallen and has evil desires. And like humanity needs to be recreated in the image of Christ and the imitation of Christ.
1: There needs to be a reawakening of our true purpose in society. And I mean, as Catholics, our true purpose is to work to evangelize, to save souls. That's what we need to do. That's what we have to do. And it's important for us to remember that, like you said, we're not perfect, but that doesn't give us license to be lax. And we have to do our studies. We have to work hard. We have to work towards evangelizing other people because we are the people that, I mean, it's our duty as Catholics to educate and to, you know, just make it so society has a common vision of working towards the good, the goodness, you know.
0: So let's go to that educating part, like that teaching the faith that you're talking about, right? You remember when we covered the Pew, and, and probably you guys in chat uh, can let us know. Do you guys remember the Pew research study that polled uh, American Catholics and asked, you know, basically how many of you actually believe in the true presence of Christ? This crazy proposition, right? That That is bread this, and the yeah. wine. Yeah. are actually transubstantiated into the body and blood of Christ, right? And guys in chat, uh, let us know if you remember this um, this Pew Research study. In fact, if one of our moderators is in chat, you can drop that research study if you have it, URL link. But they pulled all these Catholics, and the question was, do you believe the Eucharist is truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity Christ? Do you believe it is only symbolic, or do you not believe it? And it was something like, what was it? Only forty percent of American Catholics actually believed 40, it was like thirty-nine like, percent. Yeah, like thirty-nine percent actually believed it was the true body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. Most thought it was just symbolic, and there were some who just didn't believe it at all—that it was just, yeah, it, that it was just a sign. That you know, there's there's nothing there. I mean, everyone—you know—among the Catholic circles of people who are uh, Bishop Barron, Taylor Marshall, whatever, whoever is in the the Catholic meet, like everyone was like. What, <laughs> right? No, and, and it, just... It's not like we didn't we didn't know that this was probably the case, but Bishop Barron's answer was this: "There's been a lack of catechesis." That's what he said. Now, I to some degree, I totally agree with that. Um, how where he thinks there's been a lack, you know, perhaps I probably disagree with him. And how do we like fix that? But I think it's it's to your point, Kellen. Like the if we can't even communicate as a church. And when you go to mass, you receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity
1: of Christ. Like, what are we doing? It's like, what's the point? I mean, if you if you don't if you don't believe, <laughs> you don't believe it, that, then, then then don't even go. Look, that's the that's the thing that's that's the same. Well, you you said that meme today. Power. You said that
0: meme today. There was a a kid and he was like skipping four steps and he had like his leg yeah. out and he was like jumping over four steps and it said uh, American Catholics and then the last step was receiving the Eucharist and then in between was. Uh, going to confession um believing in the real presence being in a state of grace and like catholics just yeah there you go he's skipping (laughs) he's skipping all the steps right you don't need to (laughs) go to confession wherever else like okay if you don't have a robust let's put it in 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 terms here uh for our viewers please let us know what you think of that pew research study it came out last year um shocked were you how shocked were you but let's put it let's put it in perspective right you say, so take some propositions. People are basically good, right? You don't really need to be saved from sins. You're not really sinful, right? You don't need confession. I mean, just think about the disuse of confession. We we did a whole podcast on this um, last semester, not not this previous one, the fall semester, where we just talked about confession. And the fact that like confession as a sacrament has been so just left aside. It's on some random under Saturday. Years, it's on a Saturday at 4 and- p.m. Who the yeah. heck wants to go at Saturday at 4 p.m.? Yeah, and, and in some places, it's only by appointment. You'll only see probably one one thousandth of the parish at confession every week. I mean, it's just like, what is going on? Um, but you have basically tell people they're basically good. Um, you know, uh, you can come up, just receive on the hand. We, we've talked about receiving communion on the hand versus on the tongue. Um, I did a whole podcast on it. You can go find it, Alex Stanley podcast on YouTube. Um, and then you never talk about the, the, you know, the real substantial presence of Christ in the Eucharist and the, the necessity of being in a state of grace. Like, what do you think people are going to end up believing? You don't tell them that at all. Do you think they're just going to take the most extreme, you know, reality that this is actually physically, substantially the body, blood and soul and divinity of Christ? If you don't tell them it, if you don't teach it, if you don't help them to believe it, I mean, why do you think we have the Feast of Corpus Christi, which was recently, it was only, what, two weeks ago or something like that? It's, oh, yeah. to, it's to encourage the belief in the real presence as, you know, the glory of the church, that Christ is truly substantially
1: present. <clears throat> well, you know, it comes down to one simple thing, and that is you are either going to work for it to believe it or you don't want to. And The problem is, is that the real problem is there are so many people in the Catholic Church and, you know, especially higher ups, priests, bishops, cardinals, that don't even believe. They don't believe it. And how can, how can
2: us as Catholics, how can we,
1: what do we, how do we? Break that down. How do we comprehend that? If our people don't believe, if the people that are trying to teach us don't believe, then how are we supposed to fully really comprehend this? How are we supposed to work towards it and believe in it and achieve it if we can? I mean, it it it's hard. And that, see, that's the problem, is that it's not helping that we have this kind of corruption in the Catholic Church. And I'm just gonna be honest, it, it probably is. It's corruption. It's not good that we have these things happening. But that shouldn't take away from the point of us striving to be better and to learn about the actual presence of Jesus Christ, the body and blood, soul, and divinity. Just take take a look. When Jesus was alive, all the miracles that he did, take a look at everything that he did. All the books in the world could not fill or whatever that... Um yeah, know, yeah. if everything was written in Christ, miracle, uh, the whole yeah. world
0: couldn't be filled with books that could be written. And if
1: you if you look at that, just I mean, if you just think about what Jesus did, how can we, how can us as Catholics, how how do we why do we have such a hard time believing in the true presence? How could we see a 40% approval and a 60% disapproval if Jesus did all these things for us? He did all these miracles. It's living proof. I mean, there's miracles that are performed every single day. Wherever you go, there's miracles performed every single day. We don't have a proper system where we're being educated. And therefore, we don't, we don't know how to take it upon ourselves to study up and learn about what we truly believe. Yep. At the, the core of our faith is the Eucharist. I mean that—that's—that's that's what our faith is, and if you don't believe that, don't even don't even bother calling yourself Catholic.
0: <laughs> yep, I agree. Don't on that. believe
1: it's a disgrace if you call yourself Catholic if you don't believe you know body and blood, soul and divinity.
0: Let me run this so, by you. Something that we don't
1: have—we don't have a proper system that can educate us. Well, look, you can, we can't be educated perfectly, okay? But we need to come up with something better. to... To make sure that rating is 100% belief and 0% disbelief. I don't know how you do it. Like you said, we can't implement a perfect Catholic society into society. We can't. It's not going to happen. But we have to be able to understand first, get a basic understanding of what it is we believe in before we can strive to meet that perseverance and endurance. Yeah. It's, a, it's a common formula
0: that we don't get how how can it's you believe that you're not what's not told to you and not uh revealed as you know here i'm saying <laughs> this is true and this is part of the gospel right i think the one thing um that's predicated you know that's not taught anymore and I, i've been thinking about this more and more like what's what's the thing that's behind all of this positive regard for humanity that's not telling people about the Eucharist, not telling people about the necessity of salvation and, and transforming society for Christ, I think it goes back to original sin. And I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm going to focus on that again. Like I've been reading Augustine a lot and um, I actually did a, a short podcast on Augustine on the Massa Domnata thesis. But I think like the whole, so the way Augustine sees humanity, humanity is the damned for Augustine. He calls it the Massa Domnata, and it's because of Adam. So the just judgment of Adam and of his progeny is damnation, right? It's because Adam fell away from his relationship with God. He fell away from and chose himself and chose Satan and chose sin that mankind is in a state tending towards hell, right? And it's only through Christ's salvation, which has to be heard and then accepted in faith, that you can be saved. So there's he calls it the lump. There's a lump of dam- damnation. And he says even if no one was removed from that lump, God would still be just. Because Adam was the one who sinned and incurred the sin. Right? And even if we, you know, when we are born and we live, we're born in sin and we will continue in that sin and we will cause sins of our own that we will add on to our punishment. But you can't just say to God, well, you know, well, I didn't do Adam's original sin, therefore I shouldn't. No, we are receiving the just judgment of Adam and being the progeny of Adam. Now, God has not just decided to just allow all of us to enter into, you know, damnation and remain in the lump, but through Christ, through his salvation, we can be restored and then not only restored, but sanctified through grace and become holy and enter into God's presence in heaven. And that is why Christ came to save us. And to be united with him. Now, if you get the original sin part wrong, you get literally everything wrong. Yeah, if you because get that wrong, Christ it's all Yep, Christ coming is completely meaningless. If you have a massa salvazione or something, a mass of salvation, then what the what the heck did Christ coming even do? If you mess that up, if you basically say, well, humanity, like people say, Augustine. Dang, he's harsh. Or damn, he's harsh, right? Because it's the, the Masa Domnata, right? the mass of the dam. You say, wow, that's really harsh. What if you take the opposite position? Humanity is just the saved. <laughs> then it's like, you've completely missed. There's you, no point. You got point. the blinders on. You got, you know, you're. <laughs> There's no point. There's no point in no, anything. Yeah. And then also, how do you explain all the evil we see? Not only we see externally, but internally.
2: You look at yourself and you're like,
0: I have all these evil desires. There's these evil things I've done. Like, how do you understand all of this, except for having one massive excuse of, well, it's not ultimately my problem. It's it's ultimately God's problem, right? The fact that the way that the fact that the way that I am is really because God made me, right? That's the devil's down, big position
1: on this. But go ahead. It it comes down to one of the seven deadly sins. You know what it is. It's sloth, okay? This is what it comes down to. People that are lazy, <clears throat> they don't care, they don't want to. All, I, all of us, all right? We, we all struggle with that. We all, we all have sloth in us. But look, I think that sloth really has a big part to play in this because if we want to be truly Catholic, we have to work hard at. It. We have to really persevere. We have to endure because we go through a lot of garbage. The evil one is always attacking us in many ways. And the only way that we can stay true to this is if we stay true to our beliefs and our teachings. And, and ultimately the mass. I mean, we have to participate in this stuff. Oh, I mean, do you have any idea? How does the mass go?
0: Like, why would you need the mass? If there's no if you if you get original sin wrong and humanity is basically good, why why do you need the mass? Why do you need to participate in the sacrifice of the cross? If the cross is meaningless, why participate in the mass?
1: If the cross is meaningless, then everything is meaningless. I mean, there's no point there's no point to anything. It's, it's
0: Christianity with no
1: cross, right? It's Christianity or, with no cross. It's Christianity yeah, yeah. with it's Christianity. That is isn't given a reason to strive. It, there, you know how you know how Kajetan
0: decided, uh, was it Cajetan? I think or John Damascene uh, described Islam as the cross without no Christ, without no yeah. without any Christ, right? It just. Yeah. Um, and then I think Buddha is kind of along that line, and those type of like philosophies is just well, life is suffering, and there's nothing <clears you throat> to do, whatever. Like Christ, well, gives salvation. Like, if you mess up the part, you just got to really put the blinders on to just say humanity's just good and everybody's just good, right? And we're just tending towards our eternal bliss and happiness that we don't deserve, right? (laughs) Augustine, you you have to hold an Augustinian. Massa Domnata, we're saved, right? We're saved through the Passion, we're saved through Christ. And is it harsh? No, it's just. It's totally a free gift. Like and Augustine says, if no one was saved at all, he would totally be just. God has given us a means of salvation through Christ and through the, His mediation that He appointed, which is the Church. Like we, that's why we should have overwhelming gratitude and thanks, is because of the great gift. It's no, a gift. it's
1: true. The gift. I mean, the gift of His life, all that He's taught us, and because we're human, we have a fallen nature and we don't understand a lot of things. And that's the reason why that we're seeing this. Well, we've seen it before, but you know, now these days, like you said, that thing, how many people actually believe that it's the true presence? 39%. I mean, like, what's the point? Like if you think about it that way, don't even call yourself Catholic. Like don't even You should be ashamed of yourself if you call yourself Catholic. Like, and, and you know what? To me, it's just, I can't wrap my head around. I mean, tell me why somebody wouldn't want to believe that it's the true presence. Give me an example why somebody wouldn't want to believe.
0: I mean, it does make demands on you. I mean, if you, you really take it seriously it's like oh wow that means i have to amend my life if i'm going to receive the eucharist
1: okay that's the biggest reason probably is and i think that's that's why it's sloth. been coupled with
0: yeah that's why it's been coupled. Sloth. <laughs> there you go it's back to sloth yeah it's coupled with not wanting to go to, go to confession i think as well because if if <sighs> the hierarchs are telling you there's no mortal sin the hierarchs are telling you use <laughs> contraception and the hierarchs are telling you um you know don't worry about uh, whatever you can do mortal sin you can you know view just all whatever and none of that's really sinful then i think that i think once you decouple sin from the eucharist that's when you start to lead to disbelief oh there was a perfect example peter Crave was talking about it he said there was a um a french atheist this is back in late 1800s who went to another famous french atheist and basically said he was, both of them were fallen away Catholics, and he said to them, "You know, he's the one French guy said to the other one, um, the famous atheist. You know, I, I still feel as though I have some beliefs of Christianity that I'm just not getting past." And the other atheist said, um, "I want you to go to mass, and then uh, go and commit a mortal sin, commit a very something really bad, and then go and receive the Eucharist." and then you will completely not, you you will no longer believe any of these
1: things. Well, <laughs> like you said, you he said, said that's, and the, then, that's the ultimate yeah. blasphemy.
0: Go, yeah, exactly. Say, I do not believe. Say, I this is just bread. I don't believe it at all. Do a heinous mortal sin and receive the Eucharist. That's the way to perfectly get yourself separated. And Saint Paul talks about it in First Corinthians. You know, he says some of you have become sick and some of you have even died because you've received the Eucharist under mortal sin. Do you not know that the cup that we share is a participation in the blood of Christ the bread that we break is a participation in the body of Christ this is you know the true body blood soul and divinity of Christ and you can't just approach it with this sinfulness you have to be living the christian life right and this is another reason why receiving communion like brings catholics if they take it seriously and they go to confession it encourages you to live the catholic life and it's almost like you're, you're receiving the graces through the Eucharist to live a Catholic life. When you fall, you go to confession, and it helps you to strive. It helps you to not become slothful.
1: No, it's true. Yeah, I mean, we have all the tools given to us. We have all the tools. We just have to get out of this state of distress. You notice in the liturgy of the Eucharist, it says, and save us from all distress, right? Take away our anxiety. We, in an ever increasing technological world, in a world where we have so many forces against us, it is so easy to become anxious. Look, we all have our own baggage, right? We all have our own stuff that we go through. We go through some of us, you know, worse than others. But we have to realize that we have been given the tools to overcome it, we have been given the just the hardcore facts that we can overcome our struggles we can overcome our difficult things if we truly believe and get off our butts and actually start working towards what we actually believe our true belief it's such a simple formula we have all of it you just have to go like you said remember we were talking about confession it's sad that a lot of the places we only offer confession like on a Saturday at a certain time. I mean, if we really think about it, we should be having confession every single day. I mean, people need that. People long for that.
0: Guys in chat, guys who are watching, drop us in chat in the Twitch chat. um, Your experience with availability of confession. What does your local parish do? Is it Saturday afternoons? Is it before masses on Sundays? How available has confession been? And I'm talking about normal times, not Corona times. You can also let us know about Corona times. We are watching chat, so we appreciate any comments, active involvement in our chat. Um and uh yeah, no, I mean confession is
1: such a such a vital weapon against evil. Oh my yep. gosh. It's yep. so it's such I'm a...
0: reminded of a quote by Saint John Chrysostom who said, There's one thing the devil hates more than anything in the world. He said that's repentance. Yep.
2: Because
0: repentance yep. is the one thing that you know, destroys the devil's power over a Christian is to turn to God in repentance and in contrition and go to confession. You enter that confessional, you know, and you look at the great saints, the great saints, like priest saints. um, And even of recent memory, look at Padre Pio, look at St. John Vianney. These guys were masters of the confessionals. They were in there all the time, right? Like, Padre Pio would just spend hours and hours and hours, and there'd be people coming from all over France and Germany and Austria and Switzerland and Italy, all coming to just have a confession with this holy priest. Right? Like, where are the saints who are going to lead the charge of of penance? Right? One of the things that the Franciscans were meant to do as well is is, um, they were supposed to preach penance. That was one of the huge things, right? And the TORs as well, one of their main charisms is preaching penance. And once again, there's no penance if you don't think there's original sin. And if you just excuse all sins, right? What do you need to have penance for, right?
1: point in repenting for what we've done wrong. If you don't believe you've done anything wrong. If we don't believe we've done anything wrong. So look, we have all of these things available to us the Eucharist, which you receive such wonderful graces when you receive it, confession, you go in and you have a contrite heart because you know that you've done wrong. We always we do wrong all the time. Every single day we do stuff wrong. And we go to confession, that is given to us. It is our it's not our it's not whether, you know, it's not like oh, you probably should go. It's our duty to go to confession. It's our duty as Catholics to go to confession and to exercise that sacrament. Because I mean, we ha- Jesus was a you know, Jesus was priest and you know we're confessing to Jesus our sins we we realize what we've done is wrong and we have to at any point in our lives a person has to come to terms with themselves if a person wants true peace they have to come to terms with themselves no better way to do that than confession and we have to utilize these gifts given to us the problem the reason why we're having all this disbelief in the Catholic church is because we're having people telling, tell us that these things aren't that important. That You can can go whenever you want. You know, it's not that important. You're in mortal sin. Don't worry about it. You can go next week. We don't have this sense of urgency anymore in the Catholic church. Where did our sense of urgency go? It's gone to our slothfulness. It's gone to sloth. I'm telling you, sloth (laughs) is such a terrible, we're all going to turn into sloths.
0: We are, dude. I I know we're already there, brother. We're already there. There's no, there's no problem, nothing to worry about, right? Dude, go back to, I mean, my favorite author, Dostoevsky. Um, he talks about it, the Grand Inquisitor. Um, you know, this old cardinal who's basically given up on the whole idea of trying to transform society for Christ. He said, um, you know, we're going to even allow them to sin. He said, we as the church, you know, we're not going to try and call people to repentance, to call people to actually imitating Christ because that's too hard and they're not going to be able to do it anyways. We're just going to allow them to sin, and they'll be happy in their sin, and they won't know sin, and so they won't worry about it, right? Because you're not able to worry about what you don't know, right? You're not able to sin with regards to what you don't know or whatever. So um, We're not even going to let them know that, hey, contraception's wrong, divorce is wrong, abortion's wrong, um, all these different uh, you know, sins that people do. Oh, well, you should actually try and imitate Christ and live a better life. Like, we're not even going to worry about all that. We'll just let them be happy in their sin, right?
1: It's, and that's what the Grand Inquisitor ple- says. Yeah. It's pleasing the people. It's t- to, uh, trying to appease people. Like you said, we're supposed to be radical. We're supposed to be. We are supposed to believe things that other people think, oh, that's crazy. But is it though? But is it though, though if you learn our teachings, if you learn about us, you know, the great stories are those that have lived their life and either, you know, like halfway through it or at the end of their life, convert to Christianity and to Christ. Those are the people that had a moment of realization that this is what I need. I just, I have friends that are just the, even the concept of atheism you know, a without theos, God, without God, I have, I I just look at people, excuse me. And I think to myself, what the hell are you living for? What do you think that there's any, what's the, I mean, what's the point? Like, what's the point in all this? What's the point of all this stuff here? There's no point to this unless you believe in God and Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. That's, the source behind everything. There's no point. I wouldn't. I'd rather die than live without God. You know what I mean? I'd rather die. I wouldn't want to be here. What's the point? See, people don't understand the logic. You know, it's, it's purely illogical to say that there's not a God, because I mean, if you just if you look at it in logical terms, how has this been created? You okay? You can say Big Bang. But where did the Big Bang, you know, where did that source come from? Where did that work of magic come from? You know what I'm saying? There's there's an origin to this. And people don't believe that there's an origin anymore. They don't. we you lost just lost that. In them? Society.
0: I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring it back to what I've just recently read with Huxley um in Brave New World. He basically, you know, in this post-society where everything is just desire fulfillment, like uh he talks about. What in this you know dystopian society? They've created a situation where old people don't really get old. They 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 just continue to work. They act youthfully. They give them all these injections. They make them happy, and they don't. You don't get to see the signs of aging, right? And, And it's a really interesting concept that you don't get like. But he talks about we've eliminated the you know in old age you start to realize like the pleasures of the world start to not appeal to you as much, and you start to think about God and about religion and about. The fact that, you know, your life's ending and you start to think of these things as your body starts to decay. The way that they solve people thinking about religion and thinking about God is just let that aging experience never really take place. Keep them vivacious, keep them young, keep them attuned to their desires till the very last breath. Let them just be seeking desire fulfillment. And I think there's a, you know, in an age where gratification and, you know, the slothfulness of just fulfilling desire, if you never have, let's say that, Jolting experience of your own, you know, I- impeding death, aloneness, the, you know, and you're always in a constant flight of desire fulfillment, whether it be just anything, right? Gratification in all sorts of different ways, then you can just put off those, let's say, more unsavory thoughts about eternity and God and purpose and salvation and things that would be as plain as your nose, which is God's existence and the reality of. Sin and the heaven and hell. So, in in another book, in Dostoevsky's book, um, uh, Demons, there's one character, Nikolai, who's this um, atheistic, very wealthy guy, but he's very cynical. And at one point, Shatov, another character, says to him, You know, the reason you don't believe in God is because you're a snob. He said, because you've been so pampered by, he's a rich guy, you know, he's got a rich family. He's been so pampered by society and by all these desires and everything. He said, you know how you're going to find your God? Go out into the country and work peasants life for two years. You'll believe in God. That's what he
2: says. Yes, and, sir.
0: And Nikolai's like, are you crazy? <clears throat> but I think, and this is a huge point, we've been so removed from just the realities of life, privation, um, loneliness of um, so, uh, aging, of illness, of disease, of death. We're so removed from these just facts of existence that bespeak divine, bespeak you know purpose. They speak sin. They speak all these type of things. We're so removed from that. And we're becoming more and more removed. Like in this dystopian Brave New World situation, it, uh, we're, we're creating a situation that allows the absurdity
2: of the non-belief of God and actually encourages it.
1: Yeah no it's true. And yeah it, it's when you have these societies it all it points towards human pleasure. And you know that's something that is dangerous like it's it's, <laughs> it's sloth okay? Sloth. Look, sloth. we should just
0: rename this stream dude, sloth dude, in big letters. Sloth.
1: I'm telling you bro, I'm telling you. Everybody right listening now. right now, listen. <laughs> do not fall into the sin of sloth it will just destroy you on the inside and the out. You know how sometimes i've just felt so bad that i've just wasted a day. You know i mean you know what it feels like to just waste your day. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, did you know the Spaniards acts-
0: have a term for it. They say uh the best the best well spent day is a day doing nothing and then resting <laughs> afterwards.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the average human being i believe spends Twenty-seven years sleeping in their lifetime.
0: Sleeping, overrated, slothful. Twenty,
1: twenty-seven
0: years. Guys, guys in Still chat, old. don't sleep. That's a third. Don't don't, don't sleep, That's guys. Third. That's like a third, like a third of my life. Sleep is sleep I'm is you, bro, overrated. I'm be, dude, sleep is totally overrated.
1: I'm gonna live. I'm gonna guess till about ninety-one. I'm gonna say ninety-one is the cutoff. I don't know if I'll be able to live much longer than that, but I'm telling you, bro. You avoid this deadly sin of sloth because it just it swarms you. It it consumes you with evil things. It, It just the fact of you not wanting to pursue or endure your faith because you are lazy. That's that's a bad thing. Like that's not a good thing. We have these problems in society because we've been given. So many people have been silver spoon fed with everything that they, are, that they don't have this concept of drive in their head. You know what I mean? So it, it's, we have to reestablish in our society. And we want to work towards the best Catholic society that we can. But we have to reestablish this idea of working hard, working towards a goal, working towards Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate goal. To get to heaven, right? You right. get married. Your ultimate goal is to lead your spouse to heaven. Put your desires, be- put her desire desires before yours. And we have to get back to that because I feel like we've lost that in this country. I mean, we can say that the United States is the greatest nation in the world. Well, what's the point of the greatest nation in the world if we don't have, if the average American just doesn't, we're not following this guideline of that Christ gives us i mean it's like I, just, I feel so bad if i don't pursue if i don't pursue christ every single day if i don't pursue the good the true and the beautiful i just i don't feel like i'm myself you know what i mean and that's what every person should feel like that's that's how we should feel if we're not doing our best how are we going to make a better society is if we it's where we make a better society is if we try to do our best we strive striving is important it's the opposite of sloth sloth is destroying our society these days i mean it's just it's so easy to spot but you know i was kind of honestly in that direction when i was younger when i was younger i was super chubby as a kid i was really <laughs> chubby. And credit to my boy, Daniel Fisher, who got me into mountain biking. I was going into high school. I was pretty chubby. Hmm. And when I did mountain biking, it took my heart and soul, all that work. But it got me where I wanted to be today, which is, you know, I thinned out and, you know, I started working more on myself, you know, becoming stronger. That's great. Every person at some point in their life should have a motivational factor that runs through their blood that sticks with them is their energy we should be using that every single day in our life to become better and you know wouldn't be so bad if we had higher ups in our in catholicism you know in our church that would actually preach the truth i mean we do have that but a lot of them are corrupt and that can cause this problem of sloth our i mean if we're having people teaching us that it isn't the truth and clearly as we've seen like a 39 percent approval rate of the true presence of god what the hell are we doing what are we doing what are we doing i don't get it you know and so It just comes to show that humans aren't perfect, but we need motivational factors. We need things to drive us. We need to strive. We need to be, you know, practice endurance and perseverance. Because if we do that, we will become the best people that we can be. And that's what we need. We'll actually live in grace. Yep. We need people spitting in our face, truth. (laughs) That would be nice. People spit on Jesus' face and he said, Turn the other cheek. Okay. That is something that we need to use in our daily lives. Just this concept of believing in ourselves, but also turning away from the evil, turning away from the one that you know spits in our face—the evil one. Turning away from those things that drive us into laziness, and we have the ability to do that. We just need to take that extra step, and like we said. All these sacraments, they're there for us. Why don't we use them? Let's use them. They're there. All the means so, are
2: there for for yep. For
0: Christ gave us the tools of salvation. And of transforming the world into the kingdom of heaven. And um, well, and, and tending towards the kingdom of heaven, right? And um it just makes you wonder, yeah, I think I think what you pointed to is slothfulness is a very, very interesting point of like. Why aren't we trying to save souls anymore? Why aren't the hierarchs trying to save souls? Why aren't we? I don't get it. I don't either. I don't get it. Guys, we are I mean- we are hitting up on 15 minutes left. If you guys have some final thoughts, final questions you want to ask us, um, please drop them in chat. Don't be slothful. Type those epic questions out.
1: Don't be slothful, people. I, I think this
0: is the that might that might be the the entire of the, the podcast. Don't be slothful. What are we
1: doing? Okay. What we we, we as the
0: church don't be slothful in, in like try, in actually trying to save souls you know that would be, that'd be quite nice if that was our mission once again instead let's, of being let's actually try to save souls, guys. prayer <laughs> yeah. it's a, but we,
1: but that's our duty right and, and the problem is a lot of people in society we don't realize what our duty is we don't know where to start you know what I mean and look there have been a lot of people in the world that are less privileged than us that haven't had to go that have had to go through very difficult things like trauma in their life, you know, like divorces or murder or rape or all these terrible things. We have to be sentimental towards them, but we also have to motivate them. We have to give them substance. we have to push them to something better. and um, that's something that it's our duty to do. We, we are given instruction by God himself, to evangelize this world. We have to do that. If the church won't, if the people, the higher-ups, are teaching heresy, it's up to us then. It's Definitely. up to us to work it.
2: Yep. There
0: was a uh, a post, um, Bishop Barron made some post about Unipero Serra and the falling down of statues, and um, the California bishops made some very uh, <laughs> less than, very slothful reply. Let's put it that way. It was just, it was just very light in, in terms of just Sarah, you know. And somebody pointed pointed out, like, where were the? Why aren't the bishops standing up to this madness? Why, why aren't the bishops saying anything about coronavirus and the church and masses and whatever else? And then Bishop Aaron's reply was, "That's the laity's job." And he he said he said, "Just look at Vatican II. The laity are the ones who are supposed to be sanctifying the social order." And it's just like.
1: Slothful, slothful, slothful. You know, sloth, like, sloth, and more sloth.
0: Look, the lady aren't gonna can't step in a bishop's shoes and say you know take the firm stance against. And they can do their own, you know the lady are trying to do what they can, but like need leadership. And and this is, I mean, if you have a a company that has no leadership and you just basically say, you know, what do we represent as a company? And you say, uh. And the 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 head the CEO is like, you know what? That's the job of the workers to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a common mission. We, we don't have a you guys, you guys figure out exactly what Be we stand slothful. for, what we stand against. Yeah, you as workers, you know, figure it out for yourselves
1: how just we're going to market us look products. Slothful.
0: Just it's not the CEO's role to like you know lead you or guide you or any just, of that type of stuff. Just know, it's just, just know that. Uh, it's just so just,
1: stupid. Just know that. Uh, we, we just don't don't make us look slothful even though we aren't doing yeah. anything it's don't, don't make us look
0: disagreeable or, or blame us for anything you know just yeah. like look and I, okay I'll, I'll put this out there as well like it's it, you know it, the onus is not just on bishops not doing what they're supposed to do which of course they they seem not to be but we need to sanctify the social order as well and it and it starts with starts with us and starts with um trying to sanctify the temporal order as we can and become as holy as we can. And, and, and to Nick Larkin's point, as he said on the podcast numerous times, like, why do I need to know all this type of stuff? I can only control what's in my own control at this particular time, in this particular place. Um, and so trying to cast the blame or cast whatever on others. I understand all that. But um, yeah, how are we going to get to a place where the church is proclaiming Christ, the cross, and the sacraments once again? I mean, that's that's the overarching question that I think everyone, you know, we have all these professors up to Franciscan and all these, uh, you know, st- all of us and other people who have just been like, what do we do? You know? How do we get back to a place where we're proclaiming the truth and actually demanding real Catholicism and like, you know, seeing not 40%, seeing that 60% of American Catholics don't believe in the Eucharist, like, how did we get to these tragic places you can't just do more of the same. That's not how we solve any of
1: these problems. Well, it's yeah, and you know the thing is is how do we get back to the point where truth is a common occurrence? You know, our our society is just our society is just filled with lies if you think about it. Like we have some truth, but our society a lot of it is just lies. How did we get to that point? Why would society want to fill? Why would our society Be structured with lies. You know what I mean? How, how that isn't logically that doesn't really add up because we want to be telling the truth to people. That's because we have a fallen nature and that we don't, we don't strive to be the best that we can be. If we did, wouldn't be so bad if we had actual truth coming out in this society. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a constant changing. Constantly changing idea that we can implement, but we have to work for, it. and we have to work towards truth. Who doesn't want truth? What is truth? Right? Who doesn't want truth? You don't Why would want somebody truth. not want truth.
0: Well, you can and uh, because
1: I'm truth fresh off the heels free. of finishing Brave New It'll World. Set you free, by the way.
0: But maybe you don't want to be free. That's the that's the point that Huxley makes. Brave New World is if you can enter yourself into a situation where all your desires are just fulfilled, even if it's fake, um, and everything's just perfectly fulfilled and desires are perfect and whatever. Why, who needs truth anymore? Who needs struggle? Who needs like, it's an eternal slothfulness, right? It's you can enter into this state and, um, he, he sees it by psychosomatic drugs and other stuff. um, and also abolishing families in this dystopian world, you you abolish mothers, you abolish fathers. Everyone's just made in a lab, and then no one marriage doesn't exist. Contra, you can only use contraceptives. It's a it's a really dystopian world. But in this dystopia, actually everyone is perfectly content, perfectly satisfied. All of their human desires are perfectly fulfilled but they're fulfilled falsely, right? They're not human anymore. They're not free to make decisions. Um, so, yeah. and in that that situation, why, why seek truth anymore? And I think, you know, we're not in that level, that pitch, that level of pitch. But I think in a lot of ways, if, you know, if you got your internet, if you got available food, which everyone has, and you got money, whether the government gives you or you work some job, um, and you can do whatever you want, then why strive for truth? Why And and if we can push off death and push off illness, push off suffering far out of our our minds, out of our common experience, and you never experience death and you never experience illness and you never really experience the difficult parts of life and suffering, then you can just live in a non-pursuing of truth and just pursuing of fulfilling desire.
1: Fulfilling desire. And you know, it's so easy to do these days. I mean, you ever just, I challenge you guys sometime to just go out in the community and just for a minute or so just look at people just watch people what they do where they walk if they go into a building whatever their common movement them,
0: is you know just
1: don't don't stalk them but i mean look and just watch what people do you can literally tell i mean I've i've seen people just in their daily lives just not even not give a damn about truth they just don't they don't care about it they don't want to know it they don't they just have this idea in their mind that we don't need it and and they won't know that they they won't know that they actually need it if they're not educated towards that that's what we're talking about the educational system Hmm. Common Core didn't help with all this liberal BS that they put in the education system. That didn't help. We elected, our country was dumb enough to elect somebody for, for two terms. We elected him twice, Barack Obama, who didn't do anything in this country.
0: Barack Hussein.
1: Who screwed this country into oblivion. Look, we elected somebody that messed up our education system. And... It's just so, it's so easy to spot when you know that people do not care about the truth. They don't care. I've seen it before. I see it all the time. Just the way people conduct themselves. They don't have a desire to learn the true good. They're so in, just swarmed with all these worldly desires, you know, all the money, all the money in the world that they can have. I mean, you just look at Hollywood, take Hollywood, for example. I mean, you have those guys that stick out, right? Like Marge Wahlberg who says he's Catholic I mean hopefully anyways right he does some stuff that may not be the most that he might have to go to confession for I'm just saying but you know and Chris Pratt and those kind of guys I mean you see some truth there, but overall we live in a corrupted society and it's hard to change that if we aren't educated properly in the in the way to do that. We have to know truth every person on this earth has to want to seek the truth and it's our job to do that i mean i can't say it any i can't say yep. it anymore i can't emphasize it any clearer we and have the truth to will to set know you free truth. it'll set you free but
0: freedom is scary <laughs> and truth is and scary true. because it makes demands right and if you can create a slothful pseudo utopia like um you know like Huxley has imagined or um, you can create this completely easy system that everyone's you know the, the communist ideal is is put on this as well that everyone each according to their means each according to their you know what I don't even know the, if Kyrian's in chat I'm sure he could drop our you know the communist utopian ideals, um, but yeah I mean it, it all has this kind of utopian tinge of salvation without Christ salvation without eternity salvation without demands
1: i mean like if yeah if Utopia you look at any truth yeah if you look at a communist society you have a guy here who has his own auto shop and you have a guy down the street who has another auto shop this guy says i'm what's the point of me working harder if i'm only going to get paid the same as this guy does and that's exactly the problem we have in society today people don't why should understand. i do why should i do break jobs for this other guy why should if i can I, do it for yeah. Bubba
0: watson yeah no. like, <laughs> why like, would i hang this noose over here when i could put it in his garage you know like i know right it's like why why not do that why not be you know be slothful and like hang a noose over here you could you
1: could you know do <laughs> it over if there i'm not going to make more money than this guy <laughs> what's the point of me working harder well people don't understand we've lost that idea of if you're going to make the same amount of money, why not work harder? It's a, it should be a complete switch. It shouldn't be, if I'm going to make the same money, I'm not going to work harder. We've lost that in society where we say, oh, even if it is the same, we're getting paid the same. I'm going to work harder. Hmm. I'm going to strive harder. I'm going to endure harder. I'm going to work towards it. I don't care if I get paid the same. I don't care if all these things in society have effects on me. I'm going to work it until i get it and we've to some extent lost that so it's something that we have to work on in america especially right now we have to work on improving ourselves every human being because we fall all the time and a lot of people don't even recognize it but especially as catholics we have to utilize our weapons against evil and that comes with the sacraments
0: And your guiding light in the fight against slothfulness and towards truth, the Kellan and
1: Alex show. No more sloth, people. (laughs) Get get out of sloth. I'm telling you, the bad, deadly sin. I'm telling you, truly
0: is. It truly is a really bad sin.
1: It's probably the sin that makes you feel the worst about yourself.
0: Do you know the old school term for sloth? Acadia. Slug. It's Acadia. Acadia. Uh the Desert Acadia, Fathers that's right. yeah, Passion, the Desert Fathers, others talk quite extensively on a, on a, on Acadia. It's called I think something it's A C A D C
1: A C A D A. Yeah,
0: yeah, something like that. But they they talk about it extensively. Um yeah. It's uh in yeah, you just end up in this state where you're not pursuing truth anymore. You're not pursuing final ends. And um I think in a lot of ways we need to, yeah, we, we have to confront truth in our own lives and confront the truth and the reality of ourselves. We talked about original sin extensively. Confession is a great way. Um, we have all the tools. Like we've said, we have all the tools available. we gotta got to take it seriously. Gotta we
1: have got to use them.
0: got to take it seriously. We really him. believe that Christ is truly present in the Eucharist. I mean, how could that transform the entire world? It is him who has the power to transform everything, present with us at every map. We took that seriously. We took those graces seriously. Mm-hmm. We have no idea how it could, you know, transform the world, transform our own our own lives. So uh, don't be slothful. Kellen Alex. Show. Sloth. Number hey. one, anti-sloth activist. <laughs> Talk about real activism. The,
1: the anti-sloth show. Hey, chat or you know, Twitch viewers, everybody else who's viewing us, next next podcast we'll come up with a little bit of a... Uh, Theology on sloth to let you guys know because it's very important. We'll have something prepared for you.
0: Bam, theology on sloth. I think we'll, okay, we'll probably slop. take a more theological route next week. Um, I think we've done we've done an extensive amount on. We did George Floyd. We did Corona. We did. I and it, I, guys, it's important. I think it's very important to yeah to to delve into these topics, understand where America is at this point, um, to open our minds to to what's going on and uh, be aware. But our bread and butter. All right, what we really love, these theological topics. Um, we also got a UFC fight coming up in July. Oh. Huge fight, Daniel Cormier versus Stepan Stepan or Steven? Miocic. Stipe. Stipe. Stipe, Stipe Miocic. Right. Stipe, Miocic. Um, it's the third time they're fighting. Going to be an unbelievable fight. Um, that's coming July 10th, something like that. It's on a Saturday. Something like that. Right. Yeah, so we're no, really No, no, it's
1: August, August 14th. Because oh, it's what? the day
0: of, it's the day of graduation. Oh, that's the one. Well, there's another it's, UFC coming up though in July. Yeah, right? there's another UFC so, coming up. Yeah, yeah, there's there's gonna be a fight coming up. So we're looking forward to that. Thank you all for listening to this edition of the Kellen and Alex Show. We go live every Thursday from
2: six to eight p.m. on twitchtv tringus. Hope to see you again soon. Peace out.